Americas underway here on ESPN Plus. Almost nine years to the day of Hercules Gomez game winning (laughs) free kick goal in a World Cup qualifier against Jamaica. Herc, what a moment. You get goosebumps reliving that or what? Uh, kind of. You know, more than anything, I was thinking, why are they slowing it down? It looks worse <laughs> than it was. Put it full speed. Did you hear the impact, the velocity? Mm. Honestly, that was one of the cooler moments. If you would have known the pressure we were on before that game, we actually lost to Jamaica in Kingston, came back to Columbus and had to win this game, won it, uh, well, and the rest is history, 2014. Uh, U.S. Men's National Team made it, no problems. Yep. Um, I wonder, we have a segment on this show, Herc, epic goal or epic (laughs) fail. Um, Quick answer, which one was that? Epic goal. And you didn't show, hold on, hold on. You did not show the fan videos behind the goal so you can hear how hard I hit it. It's the angle, right? Yeah, I bent that goalkeeper's hands backwards. Okay. All right, uh, plenty coming in this edition of Football Americas. Julie Foudy is going to join us as we discuss the U.S. Women's National Team. They got a game coming up Thursday against Paraguay in Cleveland that you can catch on ESPN2. Herc, it's also CONCACAF Champions League week. It's oh, Leagues no, Cup week as no, both of those competitions no. hit the semifinals. So we're going to make some picks for those competitions. All that and much more, of course, available for you on the Football Americas podcast, which you can get in your ESPN FC feed wherever you download your pods. Herc, let's kick this episode of the show off with the return of club football in Europe, which uh, was honestly not that kind to players from this region. Let's start with the U.S. who saw a bunch of guys pick up injuries while on international duty. Christian Pulisic, Zach Steffen, Josh Sargent, Serginho Dest, Gio Reyna, all returned to club injured or unfit to play. Uh, Herc, I know it's early days in the season, but how worried are you that these injuries could impact these players and their upcoming club campaigns? I'm terrified for them. It's not like Mm. The majority of them are locks at their clubs where you could say, you know what, it's okay. You're going to come back injured. Your spot's guaranteed. Nowadays in world football, it doesn't matter who you are, your spot's not guaranteed, let alone these young players trying to make a name for themselves in Europe. So, yeah, I'm worried. But this is going to happen more and more, Seb. And the U.S. men's national team isn't going to be the only team with these problems. Nobody, nobody excuse me, will be immune to these problems. We're going to see it come a lot when it's three games in seven days, three games in a World Cup fixture window. This is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I like what you said about nobody is a lockdown starter in that group because that really truly is the case, right? Of those guys, nobody's guaranteed a spot when they come back um, from an injury. But I think each of these guys is kind of a case-by-case basis. The, The case, surely, that we'll discuss the most in the coming weeks is Christian Pulisic, right? His case specifically, like, think of the dudes he's competing with. Hakeem Ziyech, uh, Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, all for those yeah. those minutes. Um, if he's ahead of any of those guys, he's definitely going to be behind them when he returns, right? So that's not going to help him. And the other thing for a guy like Pulisic who plays at a club like Chelsea, and look, a lot of these guys play at very good clubs with very deep teams, is the team is not likely to struggle without them. So yeah. it's going to be harder for them to make a case for minutes um, when they do come back. Can I can I tell you really quickly what really worries me for Christian Pulisic? It's mm. Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel debuted Saul Niguez, and Saul Niguez played 45 <laughs> minutes, struggled in those yeah. 45 minutes, yanked them at halftime. And instead of saying, you know what, he needed to get his feet wet, we only had 45 minutes planned for him, he pretty much tells everybody in a press setting, he wasn't up to speed. He, yeah. he lacked the intensity. Uh, he's got to get used to the Premier League, et cetera, et cetera. Just threw him under the bus. 
This is a player who just won La Liga last season and was a big reason why. Christian Pulisic is just another fish in this pond. Yeah, so these players, like, it's kind of like, what's the other option? But there is, Herc, another option out there for these guys. You can choose your club over your country, and sometimes that is okay. We saw it, for instance, in this window with Chucky Lozano, who asked Tata Martino not to call him in. That's, that's not turning down a call-up. It's kind of preemptively turning down a call-up. And so sometimes, and you can understand why Chucky would do it. You can absolutely understand. He's got a new coach. He played in the Gold Cup, got injured in the Gold Cup, undoubtedly set back his preparations for this season. So sometimes these guys are going to have to make this choice. And teams like the U.S. and teams like Mexico, to your point, Herc, I think you're right. We're going to see a lot of absences for them in the qualifying cycle because at the end of the day, maybe it's Chelsea that misses Pulisic this week, but it's not going to be the clubs that end up missing these guys. It's going to be the national team. It's going to be the national team. Now, listen, this is for another day, discussion for another day. But Hector Herrera did this early on in Tata Martino's tenure. How did that work out for him? Let's mm. see if Tata Martino goes about it the same way with Chucky. So I mentioned Chucky Lozano. He played the last 20 minutes in Napoli's come-from-behind 2-1 win over Juventus. Now, Weston McKinney started this game, Herc, and started after being dismissed from the U.S. squad, we know, for now multiple violations of the COVID protocol. Max Allegri gives him the nod. It seems like a big deal, Herc. What do you make of the decision from the Italian manager? It's a massive deal. This is one of those opportunity, one of those challenges set before you where you have to take advantage of your Weston mm. McKinney, especially coming off what you're just coming off with the U.S. men's national team. Your name's in the press, your name's in the news for reasons that aren't sporting, that aren't on-field issues, on-field related. Now, Weston struggled in this game. He wasn't the only one. This Juventus team is struggling. They've got mm. one point in league play, but certainly if at a club like Juventus, you get these opportunities, you have to maximize them. Yeah. Uh, for all the transfer talk that's been around this guy recently, I do think seeing him start gives you some faith that Allegri does have kind of a long-term plan, hopefully, for him. But then you look at Juventus' absences and you know he may just not have had another choice, right? I think like we, we, we kind of have to acknowledge that. The other thing that I would say here is if it was a massive opportunity, Herc, it was probably an opportunity missed. He started the game, yes. He comes off, I think, on the 70 minute, 70th minute for Aaron Ramsey, and he was especially poor by Weston McKinney standards yeah. um, in the second half. And we talk about a lot of these American players not being lockdown starters. I don't know when the next great opportunity like this is coming for a guy like Weston McKinney. Yeah, and Weston's a big name. Let's be honest. He's a big name for the U.S. Men's National He's a big name right now because anytime they mention the youth at Juve, it's Chiesa, it's Weston McKinney. They're always the names that are keep coming up. And it's this eventually will be. Well, Weston's got to take it now. He's got to take mm. this uh, bull by the horns now. He's got to make the most of it because, like you said, these opportunities are few and far between. Yeah, and there really is no room for error on or off the field at a club like Juventus for a player like Weston McKinney. That's just the honest reality. Weston McKinney, one of 14, Herc, 14 U.S. men's national team eligible players. Look at that smile. Look at that smile who will uh, be participating on Champions League squads this season. For our purposes, it's really kind of a uh, more of a list of 12 that we're really working I'm going to tell you why, why I was smiling in a bit, but start with the list and I will tell you why I was smiling. Okay. Uh, well, the, the list is, is impressive, uh, no doubt about it. But from this list, Herc, we're going to make you make some tough choices. We're going to make you pair this down to a top five, a power rankings of Americans 
in the Champions League. I'm going to throw some criteria out at you. Some criteria, but Don't it's subjective. Don't throw criteria after I made the list. Like okay, okay, okay. Well, I, let me just see if, my, if our criteria matches up. Okay. I would think you would use strength of team, right? Like how good is the team that they're on? Correct. Their role in the team. Are they coming off the bench? Are oh. they a starter? Are they a star? Or current form. Those would kind of be, the, for me, the three obvious Correct. places to start. So it wouldn't be do whatever you can to make Seb angry at you, like the producer <laughs> said. Okay. No, 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 that's, no. That's just generally the motif on no, the show. No, so, yeah. so I tried going down that route, but it was very difficult because, as we've already mentioned, mm -hmm. majority of these players aren't lockdown players, and these groups are crazy, so bear with me. But okay. I was smiling because... Back to Weston McKinney at number five. We're going to talk <laughs> some more Weston McKinney. Listen, it's a massive year for Weston and for Juve. I know they're struggling in league play, but he's an important piece because Maximiliano Allegri himself has said it. I need Weston and what he has in his legs, the endurance, the pace, the willingness to be box to box, the goals in those legs. It's a very important moment for him. And listen, they got Chelsea, Malmo, and Zenit. Okay, strength of schedule, will he play? I think in what is multiple cup competitions, Weston's mm. going to get a run. And do you remember group play last last year? Do you remember who's, yep. yeah, you remember that? Barcelona, remember the goals? Okay, number five. Uh, number four, his compadre in the midfield, Tyler Adams. Now, Tyler Adams is in the group of death. We've already, hey, thanks for participating. Thanks for coming. They got Bruges, also in the group of death with <laughs> Manchester City and PSG. Uh, these games are important. I'm not expecting them to get out of the group play, but I'm expecting Tyler Adams to come alive in these games. Hmm. Do you I'm think he'll start in the big games? I think under Jesse Marsh, yes. I think Jesse's got a strong affinity for him because he's, he's watched his, he's, Jesse's groomed this kid. Jesse's made this kid, so he's got an invested, he's got, a, he's got something. He's invested in him. Yeah, he's very deeply invested in him. Deeply invested in him, so I expect him to play. Uh, number three, Brendan Aronson. Lille, Sevilla, Wolfsburg, by no means is it a crazy, crazy group mm -hmm. for them. Brendan Aronson is my favorite U.S. men's national team player of late, of to date. Of the moment. Of the moment, but he's been that for a while for us. We, we talked about, was it two shows ago or last show? Uh, 91 minutes, every 91 minutes he scores a goal or an assist. We said that stat, what did he do? The next two games, goals, 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 two goals. This man just has productivity in him. And he's a player that we've seen that they rely on. And it's actually got him out of their, what should I say, the play-in uh, to the Champions League. So he's at number three for me. Number two, Gio Reyna. Listen to what, listen to what I say. I know Gio Reyna is going to miss at least two games in the group stage. He should be back for the October game versus Ajax, okay? He's an important player for them. They got Ajax, Sporting, Besiktas. There is no American player with a higher ceiling than Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna has the potential to be better than Christian Pulisic. His ceiling is higher. The, the right now, explosive So why chemistry. is he number one? Hold on. The explosive chemistry that he has with Erling Haaland makes him so important to Dortmund and makes him so valuable for us because the next big move is a big move, a huge transfer. And number one, I can't leave my man <laughs> Not number one, Christian Pulisic. I know you don't have him here. I know there are some doubts. I know he is injured. But the man was a menace all last Champions League. Versus Porto, he was a menace. In the semifinal, home and away, he was a menace versus Real Madrid. Scored some goals, scored a big assist to get into the final. Closed out the game versus City. And won the Champions League. Mm -hmm. He's a defending champion right now amongst Americans. How can Christian Pulisic not be number one? 
Wow, look at him, number one in your power rankings. Maybe we'll get a repeat performance of him donning the, the U.S. soccer hoodie, raising the Champions League uh, trophy. All right, whittle uh, away, so, my friend, go ahead. No, 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 just a, a couple names that you left out. Yeah. Uh, clear to me that you didn't value role in team as criteria, right? Because none of those guys are pretty much, none of them are guaranteed starters, are they? No. John Brooks with Wolfsburg, uh, he's a guaranteed Ty, I starter. Tyler, Adam, Tyler Adams is probably the closest. Go ahead, okay. go ahead, shoot. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, John Brooks with Wolfsburg is, is pretty much a guaranteed starter. Did you right? see John Brooks' FIFA fixture window? Okay, all okay. right. Well, he plays, it, you know, not everybody's the same at club as they are at international Very true. level. Very true. The other, the other name I would throw in there is Jordan Pifak because young boys are literally not here without his goals. He's a starting forward for them. You've got to throw him in your top five. He's, he's an impact player. He's going to get big minutes in this competition. Uh, how far is young boys going? I mean, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Europa, maybe. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> if things right. go well. Right. If things go well. That is, that's right. it. Just Let's run two? it back. I did all right. I did okay then. You did all right. You did all right. I have no, <laughs> okay. I have no real complaints about your uh, top five for now. Let's run it back. Cameron Carter-Vickers scores and scores in his debut for Celtic. Anyway, it comes, Herc. Anyway, it comes. Hey, goal's a goal. Uh, you know the defensive line for the U.S. Men's National Team is a bit shaky at the moment. And I wouldn't say anybody in that defensive line is a lockdown starter. He's 23 years of age. He can absolutely play himself back into this mix. Mm, the U.S. Men's National Team deep at center back all of a sudden. Let's turn our attention to Major League Soccer. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. That was the good. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Ricardo Pepe scores again. His 12th choo -choo. goal of the season for FC Dallas. The 18-year-old absolutely, Herc, on fire as we take a look at the race, which is very much a race for the Golden Boot. Pepe with 12 goals, chasing your boy in Seattle, Raul Ruiz Diaz, who sits on 14. Just behind him, my guy in D.C., Ola Camara, with 13. One name that is a couple pegs down on that list is Chicharito, who also, by the way, Herc, returned this week for yeah. the LA Galaxy. So thinking big picture, Golden there Boot. There he is. Look at this Who movement. do you think has a better chance to win the Golden Boot this year? Ricardo Pepe sitting on 12 goals or Chicharito sitting on 10 through just 12 games played? This this man, he just scored the, the goal against uh, San Jose, Ricardo Pepe. Mm -hmm. Did you see the movement? Listen, form matters, and he's obviously hot. 15 goals in uh, all competitions, club and country. The man is an absolute menace right now inside the box. His movement was exquisite in that goal. I took a, he took San Jose defenders for a ride. Very nice finish. And here's the most important thing. He's actually playing. He's informed. Mm. Chicharito's coming back. And he's coming back from an injury that kept him out twice last season. And he's already hurt more than once this season. The same calf injury. If I'm going to bet which one of the two, I go smart money with the guy mm. who's active, the guy who's playing, the guy who's hot. Javier Hernandez is on the other side of 30. Multiple injuries to that same calf. He's going to be a big player for the Galaxy if he can stay healthy, but he's no guarantee to stay healthy. Ricardo Pepe right now can't miss, won't miss, mm. won't stop. Man, weren't you, weren't you just the one on the show the other day telling me, ah, Chicharito, 15 and a half, he's going way over, no yeah, problem. Yeah, 15 and a half isn't going to win the Golden Boot. Fair enough. You're right on that. You're absolutely right on that. So he had 10 goals in 11 games. Like, you yeah. want to talk about how hot Pepe is now. No one this season has been hotter than Chicharito was at the beginning of the campaign. Mm. The other thing, Herc, that we have to say here 
is that your team matters, right? FC Dallas is yes. not going the right way in the standings. The LA Galaxy are at least hanging where they were when Chicharito Say got it. hurt. I think I think the LA Galaxy are a much better team around Chicharito. It's totally reasonable to expect that he's going to step in and if not catch the same amount of fire, at least be very productive over the last so 10 or so games I, You, you took the words out of my mouth, but not, not regarding these two winning the Golden Boot. It's why they will lose the Golden Boot. They mm. don't have the players around them. This is why it'll be Raul Ruiz Diaz or even... A Gustavo Bo or Adam Buscas because they have the pieces, the elements around them to make those deep runs, to give them service. And one's already at 14, the other one's at 12 and 10. It's going to be a Seattle player or a New England player that picks yes. up the golden boot. Yes, no, of course. It'll definitely be a Seattle player because Hercules Gomez is doing the analysis. No, want? absolutely. Look no, at that. Lean in with your pro me. Seattle ways. Forgive Lean me. in with your pro said, Seattle ways. He said, Ola we would never, You know what? We would never find the Sounders in this show. They would never be in the bad because Herc simply wouldn't allow sure. it. Uh, let's get to the bad from the, the past weekend in Major League Soccer. Oh, and look who it is. It's almost like the, the cards are stacked against me. My beloved DC United. Herc, I saw you tweeting furiously about this promo, this graphic on Saturday night. Clearly you had nothing better to do. What upsets you so much about what we're seeing here? That a, a winning organization wouldn't do this. You would never, ever see a big organization in any league <laughs> united. You don't think it's big deal to be seventh in MLS in scoring? What about eighth in shots? That's a great <laughs> achievement. It's must-see soccer. We're behind seven other teams. Come watch <laughs> us. This is how great DC area sports are. Come watch us. Like, Seb, is this how bad DC sports are? That you have to boast about being the seventh or eighth best team? Not even at winning, at mm. trying to win. Man, there was a time where DC sports was like the, the championship capital. We had the Nats, we had the Cavs, we had... We had everything going on. Uh, clearly, that is that is no longer the case. Uh, the entertainment guaranteed splashed across. You just gotta love it. Can I can I defend my team just a little bit here? Just, do you, just do you very really quickly. want to? Go ahead. I will allow it. The sentiment behind this is correct. Um, that and is. Of the manager. Yeah, DC United uh, is is really chaotic first to watch that's the best word and then also very entertaining they are very entertaining to watch if you're a fan you turn on the game you will not say after 90 minutes that i'm not entertained and that's something that you haven't been able to say about dc united that's right that's right that's why time. i've dubbed them the san jose of the east uh, <laughs> that's, that's a terrible thing that's a terrible thing because you know what happens to the san jose of the east what it's a late collapse and i think there's a lot of people worried maybe about that with DC United. You work these guys really, really hard. Let's see where they're at in September and October. Right now, though, DC United are sixth above the playoff line, oh, another place congrats. they haven't been. So um, must-see soccer might be an exaggeration, but it is uh, entertainment guaranteed. That I will give DC United for sure. So if you saw it, um, DC United's promo was bad, uh, wait till you see, Herc, what FC Dallas uh. did. Okay, so FC Dallas, they played over the weekend. They played on Saturday, which of course was September 11th, the 20th anniversary of September 11th, 2001. What did FC Dallas do? Well, they ran a ticket special, selling tickets for $9.11. Herc, your thoughts? It's not a good look. This is just ugly. If you wanted, first of all, don't try to capitalize off a tragedy. And if you want to do something in remembrance of this tragedy, why not? Keep tickets at regular price or just below at a reduced price and give the proceeds to some sort of fund or mm. foundation in, in honor of the victims of 9-11. Of it, it just seems tacky. It seems 
ill-timed, it seems ill-advised. Uh, you could have gone, gone a million ways about this and you went the yeah. wrong one. Uh, inappropriate for sure. The worst part of this for FC Dallas is this is not a first-time offense, right? They're not first-time offenders in this bad promo yeah. space. You remember in February of 2020, they had their, their Mexican superstar package. Come watch Vela, come watch Chicharito, come watch Pulido. They were basically saying, hey, we don't have any stars. Come watch the stars that the other teams have paid for. So, um, you know, FC Dallas has a bit of a track record with this. The other thing that I would say, I'm, I'm actually somewhat impressed with FC Dallas. Uh, in the last seven days, they have been in the good, the bad, and the ugly here on this show. So, so something's happening down in Dallas, Herc. That's for sure. At least they're trying, right? <laughs> At least they're trying. <laughs> trying, yes. Uh, trying for sure. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The U.S. women's national team is back in action this week with a couple friendlies against Paraguay after claiming bronze at the Olympics this summer. Here to look forward to it, Julie Foudy. Julie, who joins us for the first time on Football Americas in a really long time. What a summer you have had. I like 30 you days, guys. 30 days in Bristol <laughs> grinding away on Euros. Then she goes to Japan for the Olympics. Then Williamsport, Pennsylvania for the Little League World Series. So you did miss us because we certainly miss you, Julie. That's good to hear. Oh, I missed you too. Yes, I missed you lots. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Sebi. It wasn't the U.S. Uh, men's national team. It wasn't the women's national team. The most successful American this summer was Julie Foudy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect summer for Julie Foudy, indeed. All right, so uh, let's get to this roster, Julie. We've got uh, a bunch of big names missing, and a lot of them down to injuries uh, for the games coming up against Paraguay. you got no Alissonaire, no Julie Ertz, no Sam Uis. No Megan Rapino. All those players injured, but the name that really jumps off the list that's not included in Vladko Andonovsky's call-up is Kristen Press. And we found out why just after the list was announced. Uh, she said she'd be taking a couple months away from soccer to focus on her mental health. Julie, you know this team, the inner workings of it, the grind that it is as well as anybody else. What was your initial reaction to this huge news for the national team? Understandable. I get it. I mean, I, I'm actually pleased that she had the courage to say, hey, look, time out. I need a time out. Because this is a player who hasn't stopped. And um, and she has, I think she's played well enough. She's earned the starting position uh, to have the freedom and the leash to say, I just need a break. I mean, these games, let's be honest, there's four games that really aren't gonna play a huge part in the development of this team. Um, it's part of the contract to play these post-Olympic games, depending on how they do at an Olympics. Um, depends then on how many they play. And so I applaud her actually for saying, I just need some time. I need some time to recharge because as you start running into that next season and into qualifiers and all that entails with her going to Angel City and, and uh, starting up back in NWSL, I mean, that's a lot on her plate. So I think actually I applaud her for taking the time.
Absolutely. Well, we look at the rest of the players who are missing. Some massive names not on this list. This is supposed to be the deepest team in the world. Who should we be keeping an eye on? What players could potentially fill those voids? Well, the player that jumped off the list to me uh, was, of course, Mallory Pugh, who is a player that many fans know has been around with the national team for many years. She's had a falling out as of late. Uh, Didn't make, of course, the Olympic roster and has bounced around teams. Now she's at Chicago with the Red Stars doing well. Three goals, three assists in the season. Has playing her way back in. And most importantly, it's a younger player. And you can see in the players that Vlatko Andonofsky chose to bring in Mal Pugh, Andy Sullivan, Sophia Smith. This is a younger group that he's bringing in. And that is going to be the transition and the legacy of this Olympics, obviously. Had they won the Olympics, it makes it harder to transition because the World Cup's only three years away. Because they did so poorly at the Olympics, now it gives Vlad Lundinovsky the freedom to say, we've got to go younger. And I think they have to look at Mal Pugh in that and Andy Sullivan as well, which is another young player, which we saw at the Olympics without Julie Ertz in that holding center midfield position. There's not a lot of depth. And so Andy Sullivan is another one I'm going to be looking at. All right, Carly, we, we've heard from you on who should be looking out for. Somebody who's been a mainstay on the women's national team since 2005 is Carly Lloyd. Farewell tour starts now. Once Carly leaves, what's the U.S. women going to be missing? What, what, what's the team going to be missing when they miss a player like Carly Lloyd? Oh, you know, someone who scores big goals in big moments, as we've seen her do. And you look at Carly Lloyd's career, there's no other player, male or female, that scored more goals in her 30s than Carly Lloyd. I mean, look at that stat. I mean, she's crushed it in her 30s. Um, And the other thing you miss out of her is just that mentality, which you know. I mean, Carly's always had this chip on her shoulder, you know, back against the wall. Don't tell me I'm done. Don't tell me I'm too old. Don't tell me I'm not going to make this team. Uh, And she proves everyone wrong time and time again. So I think that mentality uh, and that really that grit that um, I think is really the DNA of this national team is something that's going to be missed for sure. Yeah, you look back on it, man. Carly Lloyd has been part of every major championship team going back all the way to 2007. It's wild to think about just how long she's been a part of the U.S. women's national team. Julie, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the latest in the equal pay dispute between the U.S. women oh, and the come Federation. On. Do we have to go there? <laughs> we got to get to the tough stuff at some point here on, uh, on Football Americas. Um, your former oh. teammate, Cindy Parlo Cohen, the president, she had an open letter to the unions of both teams, the men's national team and the women's national team, asking effectively the teams themselves to agree on how to equalize the FIFA World Cup prize money, which we know has been basically the big holdup uh, in these negotiations. Um, Julia, I was kind of torn when I saw this. I didn't know if this was like savvy play from the Federation or if it was the Federation Mm kind of passing the buck off to the players for them to resolve something that really at the end of the day is the Federation's job to figure out. Uh, How'd you come down on it? I think it's the Federation saying, for the love of God, can we sit down, please? Can we just sit down and negotiate this? And they have had not, they haven't had any luck in um, getting the men and the women together at the table. As you both know, both CBAs are up. 
it's a lot of energy and time that goes into it from both sides into negotiating these CBAs. I have wanted for a very long time uh, them to do it together and to really figure out a revenue split that works for the entire federation, for the youth national teams, for the development of youth national teams, for the full national teams, something that's equal. And you split that pot equally. FIFA money goes into that sponsorship revenue. All of the revenue side goes into it. Um, and I think that takes getting both teams at the table and they just haven't been able to do that. So speaking with members of the Federation, they will say, look, we have said things privately. We cannot get movement. So this public letter was us saying, come on, let's get this done. We want to get this resolved and move forward rather than spend, you know, every year and all the energy it takes to negotiate a CBA. So fingers crossed it does get done and they get to the table. Um, because I do think that uh, it's time. It is time to get this done. <laughs> it has been dragging Please. on for an awfully long time. Hopefully uh, someday there's a segment where we talk about the U.S. Women's National Team. We don't uh, go down this road. We stay just on the field. But for now, very much a topic at the front of most people's minds. All right, Julie Fowdy, thanks as always for the time. We appreciate you here on Football Americas. And I will see you Thursday in Cleveland for the U.S. Women's go National on. Team against Paraguay. Match you can catch on ESPN2, streaming live on the ESPN app as well. Our coverage starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time from Cleveland. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, let's turn our attention now to Liga MX. A version of the good, bad, and the ugly. El bueno, malo, y el feo, shall we? We'll start with the good. Which, surprise, surprise, Club América, who remain unbeaten with a 2-0 win over Mazatlán. Hurt, they've won six, drawn two under Santiago Solari so far this season. Las Águilas are first in the table, five points clear. Count them, five points clear, Hurt, of second place. León, the game winner against Mazatlán, came from Álvaro Fidalgo, the 24-year-old Spaniard, who now has three goals so far this season. Three, count them, three, three. which prompted our producer to ask which prompted you to be infuriated. <laughs> yes. Is Fidalgo it was you. America's most valuable player so far this season? Context, Club America. It's to have mm. no fault of their own, but have you seen their schedule, who they've played? Only two of the eight teams they've played have been in the top eight. The rest, the rest, 11, 13, and then we're going 14, 16, 17, 18. Okay, to no mm. fault of their own. They've not played Anybody what does that did? have to do with whether Fidalgo is the MVP or not? Let me, let me. Alvaro Fidalgo and these three goals that he has scored, mm -hmm. it's something that's been done by eight other players around Liga MX, okay? Alvaro Fidalgo, zero assist. In that same team, I told you when we did the rundown meeting, there are four, maybe even five more important players to Club America. My MVP, Richard Sanchez. If you mm. want to go down the list, Salvador Reyes, the outside back, wing back, left footer, new this year. Two goals, three assists, absolutely makes that team tick. Pedro Aquino, Cordoba, mm. Roger Martinez. I can go on and on. If we want to go expected goals, you know, mm. the, I know these standards, 
like like the like you uh -huh. love these numbers and love these stats. He is fifth down that list, down that totem pole. Don't yeah. come at me with Fidalgo and the three goals that he scored. Wait, can I count them? Here it is. Mm. Necaxa, Juarez, and Mazatlan. That is your MVP. He's got half the goal scoring input or output, I should say, of El Diente Lopez, Nico Lopez at Tigres. He's got one less than Santi Jimenez, who's not played much this year. That mm. is your MVP. Well, I would suggest this. If we're talking about this version of Club America, the MVP for this season, for last season, for the season before, is probably not an attacking player, right? It's probably got to be somebody from the defensive core. Yeah. I mean, when I think of this team now, I think of a team that's very solid and is not going to give up goals. Yeah. I think of the center back. I think of Bruno Valdez, Emma Aguilera. I think of Memo Choa and all the defenders that you mentioned. I, I think that's really what Richard this team is Sanchez. about now. That's, that's really what guy. this team is. Um, so I think, you know, clearly this is, um, this is a little bit exaggerated, but it also has to do with the fact that Club America is missing some players, right? Yeah. Like, yes. Sebastián Córdoba is away with the Olympic team. So is Henry Martin. They're both on the bench against Mazatlán. If Córdoba's in the lineup instead of Fidalgo, America's a better team, you would say, right? They're not yeah, a worse listen, team, so he can't a, be the MVP. Fidalgo's a very good piece in that puzzle, but when you think about players that are important, players that are of weight to this mm. club when everybody's healthy. He's a little far down that list. And Cordoba, who you just mentioned, is definitely at the top of that list. He's one of those three, yes. We should note, at least it's been a turnaround, right? The narrative when Fidalgo arrived with his Real Madrid CV was like, oh, this guy's a bust. He's going to be a disastrous player. He's certainly turned it around. And it's not just these three goals in seven matches. There's been like a pretty consistent, I would say, run of play from the player. So he has elevated his status within America. MVP yes. is probably like a bit, a, a bit of a stretch. But I tell you what, you know who the real MVP is? Solari. Because who would have thought? Mm. Mm. Okay, look at you giving the coach some credit. All right, player, I like that. Let's get to the bad. Lo uh, malo de la semana. What was it? Coy Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul. What is happening? To the defending champions, Herc. Uh, they're now down to eighth in the table after losing to Juarez 2-1 over the weekend. By the way, Cruz Azul led in this game and blew a lead. Stop me if you've uh, heard that. They've got just 10 points from their first eight games played so far this season. Campeonitis is not anything new in Mexico, but Herc, how do you explain this specific version of Campeonitis that is clearly affecting Cruz Azul? Maybe a bit of Campeonitis for sure, but also it's a reality that they're one of the most stacked clubs, and when you have players that are of a good level they're going to be national team players they they started literally the season with eight players missing uh, whether it's national team whether it's suspension or whether it's injury Jesus Corona starting goalkeeper so they've never had a full squad this last game Pacerini and Montoya were the two forwards. It was a very mixed team. We're going to see this a lot happen a lot, Seb, because you've got good players, they go on national team. And, and what I said at the beginning, when you finally get over that hump, it was, what, 21 years? Mm. 21 years of not winning a Liga Mekis title? The letdown, little hangover. Uh, it's it's going to be a relief. It's going to be that big, huge relief, weight off your shoulders. Maybe you lose some of that urgency. You, you lose the urgency, you lose a little bit of that edge, and you're mentally and physically trying to recover because while everybody else has had about a month and a half vacation, you've had how long? Yeah, and they're stretched thin too. You got to think CONCACAF Champions League, yeah. of oh, course, yeah. coming this week as well. Some of the stats, though, like this would worry me. 55% possession against Juarez, one shot on goal. That, that means that, you know, whatever you're doing, it's not getting to where it needs to get to. They had, they, I, think, I think something like 14 shots in the game, but only one shot on goal. They're not really creating. I guess the bigger question is, do you really count them out? I mean, we're eight matches into a regular season in Mexico. Like, this is this is classic. I think Cruz Azul is going to be there at the end. Am I crazy? No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, put yeah. the four, first four weeks of the season out the window because they weren't 
at 100%. They had a bunch of missing players. And then you've got all these commitments with <laughs> MLS All-Star, which is the base of this team was all Cruz Azul, and then national teams and whatnot. Last night, no Jonathan Rodriguez, no Santi Jimenez, no big-time players. You're going to get this type of play, this type of results. I wouldn't be worried if I were a Cruz Azul fan. All right, for the ugly... Herc, we go to Sunday in a matchup of so-called grandes in oh, Liga ouch. MX. Pumas and Chivas playing to a, a brutal 0-0 draw. Total over the 90-plus minutes, there were just five shots on goal. The result leaves Chivas 10th in the table. It leaves Pumas 17. Herc, it's a question that's been rattling around Mexican soccer for a long time. We flirt with it quite a bit on this show. Should either of these two teams, based on Sunday's performance, be considered a grande anymore? No, not on Sunday's performance, not on performances in the last years. It would be something that took us by surprise if one of these teams was leading the league. If they were or anywhere a, close. Or anywhere close to it. If they weren't always talking about firing the coach, why don't we have players, a lack of funds, uh, uh, what's going on? Like That would surprise us, not seeing one team in 11th place, not seeing one team in 17th place. Chivas has seven goals for this season, eight against, a negative one goal differential. It's a team that's like, eh, this is, a, this is their level and has been if you take out, if you put just add the averages over the last decade, this is where whereabouts they are. And Pumas, I don't even know what to say about Pumas, honestly. <laughs> like, every time I see Pumas play, I'm just thinking, like, New York City, which you just mm. let go. The opportunity you wasted away. Pumas has a lot of players who are Liga de Expansión players. That's those second division players who all of a sudden found themselves because this team has no money, they have no funds, they have no plan. And it is what it is with them. It's 17th place for Pumas. The only thing big, grande, about Chivas and Pumas mm -hmm. are its amazing fan base. That's yeah. it. When, when you say Grandes, you, you are factoring other things, right? Not Correct. just what happens on the field. You're talking about fans. You're talking about marketing. I think if we, if we look at those two things, Chivas is still Grande. No, we don't doubt that at all. Let's just strip away all that extra stuff and just think about the rosters, those planteles, the teams, the organizations. Uh, which of these two teams is closer for you to a return to relevance? Footballing relevance. Chivas, because mm. they've got more names because their players are worth more. Pumas has been closer to a trophy more recently. More recently, yeah, but that was the anomaly. Was, that was, well, it caught me by surprise. Look, I mean, Cruz Azul was winning by four goals and then they bottled it up in the return leg in that semifinal. So it's one of those things, but Chivas maybe unfairly has to work with a different market, a different transfer value because teams know that they need Mexican players. So if you're so going to sell... So does that place them closer to relevance or further from it? Well, well, because you've got supposedly the best Mexican players. Hmm. I would say... Since when? <laughs> it's fair argument, but, but that's what it is, right? You look at the... I mean, Pumas doesn't have an Alexis Vega. Nowhere close to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They don't have anybody like Uriel Antuna on their team. They don't have... They don't have these, Johan Vasquez left, Sepulveda right now would be the best defender on both teams. So by default, it would be Chivas. Yeah, it used to be at the Estadio Olimpico on a Sunday at Chivas Pumas was like a showcase of Mexican soccer. Oh, whatever happened yesterday was definitely not a showcase for Mexican soccer. Let's get to our edition two of YGC on the show. You got CONCACAF. Who's our victim here? Oh, what's worse than an own goal? Ooh. Uh, Herc is a, an own goal and a whiff. Ooh. What happened here? Julio Gonzalez, he whiff. 
<laughs> and then he finishes it off. Hey, I missed it the first one, no problem. The best, the best is that he gets angry with the goalkeeper. Like, why aren't you reading what I'm doing? I'm trying to head the ball back. <laughs> oh, good lord. Ooh, Julio. Next time, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You gotta play it off, though. You gotta play it off. You gotta look at some, looking for somebody to blame. He's yeah, gotta look, look at the grass. Like, oh, it was the grass. <laughs> All right, time to book it. Let's put our uh, money where our collective mouths are. We'll make some picks here. Big week coming up, the CONCACAF Champions League, uh, Leagues Cup as well. Both of those competitions hitting the semifinal round. Herc, let's start with uh, what they're calling the Hercules Cup, uh, the first semifinal of the League's Cup, Seattle Sounders against Santos Laguna. Now we know uh, this one just would have broke your heart. Would have absolutely broke your Correct. heart to have to pick it. So I won't do we'll it. instead make you break down my pick. Look, I just want to keep my, my many friends in Seattle. So I'm taking Seattle to win in 90 at plus 125, Herc. What do you think? Plus 125 for Seattle to win? That's not it a bad It tells me bet. They're, they're a big favorite in this, right? They're, 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 I think uh, Santos is like plus 210, so Sounders at home are a big favorite. That kind of caught me by surprise, but I'll listen to the odds makers. So, so they have history. Santos and Seattle, mm -hmm. the Sounders have history, especially at what is now Lumen Field, used to be uh, Century Link Field. They have history where Santos has only won once out of all those home games they played. Uh, your boy got that goal. Your boy. Yeah, your boy, your boy got you that have. goal. But, but wait, wait, look, we already made enough about you off the top of the show. I know, I know, like I know. If it isn't about lane. me, I don't want to talk about it. But what I'm trying to say is Seattle's a very good team at home, despite what you saw that stretch where they were suffering. A lot of injured players. They are healthier now. Christian Roldan is back. They got a very good record with Roldan. Uh, and Santos Laguna. No Carlos Acevedo. Gibran uh, Lajud might be the, the goalkeeper there. It's a different type of team than you may be used to seeing, but they're still so dynamic. Yep. They're still a high-pressing team that can cause a lot of, lot of damage. But 125 is not a bad bet, plus 125. And, and how good were Sounders against Tigres? That's the other thing that's influencing this yes. pick for me. Uh, at home, Sounders were really, really good. Like, you could say Tigres played poorly in that match, but you got to give Seattle a lot of credit uh, for how they played in that League's Cup quarterfinal. The second League's Cup semifinal is an all-Mexican affair. We got Leon against Pumas. That match on Wednesday, Herc. Who's your pick? I can't believe it's only plus 100. I mean... Uh, this you is hate Pumas. Say no, it. no, I don't hate Pumas. They should be. They should be. They shouldn't even be. They shouldn't even be here. They should have lost to New York City. They should. Have, that's fine. That's fine. But Leon should be favored. I mean, massively. This should be one of those where you spend like five hundred dollars to win a hundred dollar type day. Like I can't wow. believe Pumas is only. It's plus one hundred to Leon. That baffles me. Jump on this bet. Go ahead. I don't see any way Pumas can do this. They don't have. Even if it was their first team versus first team, I don't believe they'll go first team. I believe I believe they'll go a mixture of. Mm. They don't have the personnel. They don't have the players. And Leon is a very good team, a very deep team, a very regular team, constant. Last two and a half, three years in Liga Mekis, they've been one of the better teams. I, I'm riding with Leon on this one. Puma 17th in the Mexican table, Leon second. So uh, you see the gap between the two sides illustrated there. Let's move to the CONCACAF Champions League. Of course, we know League's Cup, it's just one leg. CONCACAF Champions League is two legs, and the first leg was played like seven months ago, so we have to refresh everybody's memory. Let's start with Club América against the Philadelphia Union. América winning in Mexico City 2-0, so they now head back to Philadelphia for the second leg. I do think América are going to advance here, Herc, but I'm actually going with the under here. Under two and a half goals. I mean, we talked about it talking about Club América. I think they don't give up goals in many games, but I think in the second leg, they're going to be even more 
closed. I think they're gonna be even more conservative. I don't see Philly scoring a lot here. I don't see America scoring a lot here. I think the under's a safe bet. All right, uh, I think America is a very good defensive team, not just this season, from last season. I think yeah. they've only gotten two goal scores. Plus their goalies, them. Andre Blake and Memo Choa yeah. at the under. Yes, and this has nothing to do with statistics, or, or it's just when I think of these games and one team being on the verge of bowing out and they have mm. to go for it, I think it plays to America's strengths to pick them apart on the counter. Philly may score one, but I think America will then score two because of the spaces afforded to them. So I see that two and a half going over Ooh. just because of how these games play out. Yeah, but yeah. you're very right. I mean, statistically, I can't debute or I can't uh, um, argue against the numbers you said. I mean, America's a very good defensive team, and so is in Philly with Andre Blake and, you know, America with Memo Choa. It's hard to argue that. All right, so that's the first of the two CONCACAF Champions League semifinals. The second. Again, another all-Mexican affair, Cruz Azul and Rayados. Rayados winning the first leg in Monterrey, 1-0. Herc, a game where we said, ooh, they should have done more. They should have capitalized more. They now go back to Azteca for the second leg against Cruz Azul. What you picking? I'm picking Rayados, and for the same reason. I think Rayados is a very ultra-defensive team. With the way Javier Aguirre has, him set him up, has set up, can pick a team apart on the counter. And they've got a very, very complicated week. You're playing Cruz Azul away at Azteca, and then guess who's that weekend? Guess what's coming up? El Clásico Regio! Mm. Okay, you almost have to pick what do I want, because if you go have these on both, I'm sorry you're going to lose both. Well, don't they have a team deep enough to do that? It, on paper, on paper, we talk about how deep all these teams are. But mm -hmm. when it actually comes to play, Cruz Azul can give Monterrey problems. But Monterrey just has, Rayados just has, for whatever reason, the Champions League and CONCACAF is their tournament. It's a tournament they do very well. And I see them advancing, winning this game. And then we'll talk about El Clásico Regio later. That's another story. Right. So just so we make it clear, our... CONCACAF Champions League prediction is an all-Liga MX final. Our League's Cup prediction, though, would be an MLS versus Liga MX affair, which is really, truly, at the end of the day, what we all want. Herc, you and I will be uh, working together on Tuesday night League's Cup semifinal, the aforementioned Gomez Classic, the Hercules Bowl, Seattle Sounders, Santos Laguna on ESPN2. Our coverage starts at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Herc, time for the latest. Are you cool with it? Are you cool with this? FIFA is proposing a World Cup every two years. Love it or hate it? I absolutely hate this. And You hate the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, I do. You saw me at the World Cup in Russia. You know I hate the World Cup. Um, no, do you know why I hate it? Because... I feel strange saying I don't want to give this unbelievable experience to more players, mm -hmm. to more fans. But the simple reason of why they're doing this isn't for the fan or for the player. They want more money. This is, this is greed-driven. This is let's maximize what the world's greatest sporting event is. This is we want more. 
we don't care about you or what you think it means. And at all costs, money over everything. Yeah. Mm. Do, like you participated in a World Cup. It's a huge part of your, of your CV, Herc. Like would it cheapen the World Cup to you if it was every two years? Would it, would it cheapen the, the achievement of a guy playing in a World Cup? Certainly if you looked over a career and a guy had five World Cups playing every two years, it wouldn't mean the same thing. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, that's one of the greatest achievements, I, sporting-wise, that I that I that I have on my resume. And to think that it could have been achieved every two years almost cheapens it. The fact that it's every four years and only a couple hundred players every four years get to play or get to say they were on these squads, or, or even a fan get to say, "I participated. I went to this World Cup." It almost dilutes what the product is, dilutes what it means. And for for somebody who who grew up their whole <laughs> life thinking the pinnacles to play in a World Cup and have it all of a sudden turn into something that is achievable by a lot yeah. more. I don't know, it, cheap, it does cheapen it in a way, yes. If FIFA is trying to create more opportunities, they could look first to the women's game. Like this idea for the women's game would not be terrible. I think you could use more international competitions. You could create more opportunities. You could drive more buzz and interest and dollars in women's soccer if you had a World Cup or something along those lines uh, every two years. Herc, I want to bring something else up on this because CONCACAF released a statement just before we went to air about this. And I want to read one passage specifically from CONCACAF, quote, we will continue to look at these proposals constructively, with an open mind, and in the spirit of positive engagement. Herc, to me, that sounds like CONCACAF is saying, this is coming whether you like it or not. They're not going to say it yet because they know there'll be a negative reaction, but it sounds to me like they're saying, hey, this ain't all bad. That's exactly what they're saying. This isn't all bad, not for us. Uh just like Superliga had a crazy reaction, it remains to be seen how the people will respond to this and if, if this actually happens. Because Superliga, hey, that was set in stone till it wasn't. Mm. All right, that'll do it then for this edition of Football Americas. Herc, a real quick reminder for the folks at home. Of course, they can download the show in podcast form, but we won't be with you on, Friday, on Thursday. Remember, Thursday, U.S. Women's National Team on ESPN2 against Paraguay. We will be breaking that down on Friday's show, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Until then, good night.